TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Good morning, Diaria! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir! Good morning, family. Feeling like that Australian swimming coach. What was the name of the swimmer who beat Ledecky? Titmus? I feel like that uh, Australian coach who was going crazy. All right, actually, no one's going to feel like that. And, and let me just get that out the way before we actually talk about the show. I saw that yesterday. I was I was locked into the Olympics as soon as they went on national, uh, national TV at about 4 o'clock yesterday. And when they brought it to swimming, and we were all anticipating... The matchup between Ledecky and Titmus, and Ledecky is, you know, is the world record holder, best woman swimmer out there, and she is the one to beat. And when, from from Australia, Ariane Titmus ended up beating her. Her coach was going insane and went viral. And the thing that I'm going to get frustrated at, and the thing that really gets me about social media is when something like that happens, when you see a coach, a player, whoever it is, when you see someone become a meme, everyone tries to relate it to something that they do. So they look at the Australian coach, they post it on Twitter, and then they'll caption it when they say, when the morning coffee kicks in. And and then they show that person, but it's like really exaggerated. No, that's not what it's like when your morning coffee kicks in. That man is at a whole different level right now. No, that is not how you react when mom says there are pizza rolls inside, which is the really popular one that goes around social media anytime someone posts a video of someone going crazy. Like, no, you can't relate to that. To that dude. Dean Boxall is his name. And, and, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest though. That was my favorite moment of yesterday because there was a, a lot going on there with the Olympics, but we also had some stuff going on in the world of baseball as well as the Giants dropped two of three uh, to the Pirates. I ended up going to that game on Saturday night and there was just not a lot of energy. Uh, the Giants bats were not waking up. They couldn't get it going in those first couple of nights as the Pirates just kept on piling it on with each and every inning. And it was getting very, very frustrating. But yesterday, Lamont Wade, he helped us a little bit. High and deep into right center field. It is out of here. 
into the 4-1-5, and this game is tied. He's got 11. I don't think I've ever rooted harder in my life for Giants to hit home runs right now, Parker, just to hear that call. Oh, by the way, in NBC Sports Bay Area, credit for that audio. That moment with Kruk and Kipe on Saturday, that, that video, oh my gosh, that tugged at the heartstrings. That one where Dwayne Kuyper walks in and surprises Kruko and he says, my boy's back. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, there's those moments that kind of give you chills. But uh, luckily, we were able to hear him on the call for the past couple of nights and him getting that home run. Lamont Wade in the bottom of the first to tie it 1-1 and then to do it again in the third inning. The Giants really never looked back after this. My little place in a high drive to right. It is out of here. He's done it again. And the Giants take the lead. Credit NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio. And overall, on the day, Lamont Way was 3-for-5 yesterday with a, couple of, uh, with a couple of RBIs, a strikeout, and then, of course, those two homers. And then he doubled a little later on in the game. So... The Giants ended up winning this one 6-1, and I think this is how everyone expected it to go, uh, at least at least against the Pittsburgh Pirates, because the Pittsburgh Pirates are not a good team, yet they just kept on hitting and hitting and hitting on Friday and Saturday. It didn't matter who was in, even if it was Kevin Gosman or whoever, the Pirates were able to tee off, but... Alex Wood comes in yesterday and ends up getting the win. And Alex Wood, he looked, well, very good. He pitched, he went 5.1 strong, gave up only five hits, one earned run, struck out eight, and he only walked a couple of guys. And he was getting up there in pitches, so they decided to take him out in this game. And I thought he looked real good. I thought the sinker was working, the slider was working as that strikeout pitch. I love that. I love that back foot slider that Alex Wood has when he's uh, when he's facing a right-handed hitter and then he gets it down in the uh, in the down in the zone right toward that back foot looks like it might be down toward the middle but then it just drops off the table I love that pitch from Alex Wood but he got the win yesterday and he's nine and three overall on the season but Alex Pavlovich had this incredibly crazy stat and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo. This is what the stat reminds me of because I, I don't have those specific numbers from Garoppolo for you. But remember back in 2019 when he would throw an interception, then on the subsequent drive, he would end up bringing it back for a touchdown. His numbers were unbelievable. Unbelievable. The completion percentage was at like 90%. I forgot how many touchdowns he had. And then uh, he didn't throw any interceptions after that. It's never like he threw him to two possessions in a row. But Jimmy Garoppolo, very good at bouncing back. And Alex Wood, he entered yesterday. This is crazy. He entered yesterday with a 7-0 record after losses, two of which were walk-offs. 7-0 record, and then yesterday he ends up getting the win, so there's an 8-0 record there when Alex Wood is going. He likes to bring this team on a bounce-back game, or at least be the guy who's going to headline it. So Alex Wood constantly doing that sort of thing, and I'm I'm looking at those numbers, and I'm just wondering, 
Who's going to be the number two guy on this team? Who is that? What they're looking for at the trade deadline is that? What are they looking for? A guy who can at least come in and fill in what five point one innings like Alex Wood did, then maybe give up eight, and you just rely on their bullpen. Is that the type of dude that they're looking for at the trade deadline, or are they looking for somebody better? Because as of right now, besides Friday and Saturday, the bullpen was going off. The bullpen was a huge reason as to why the, the, the Giants were so good against the Dodgers and they took that series three to one. No one really paid attention to that. Obviously the the you know, all the plays in the ninth inning is what everyone is going to focus on. The two straight blown saves from Kenley Jansen, the one from Tyler Rogers, everyone's gonna focus on those moments in the ninth inning, but no one is gonna give enough credit to the bullpens and what they did in those games. They were they were unbelievable. They didn't go give up any runs. Whenever the starter came out, they were able to give the Giants a continued chance to get back into the game. So um, we didn't really see that too much on Friday and Saturday, but we got it back on Sunday. And it just makes me wonder as I'm watching Alex Wood and you know guys like Kevin Gosman who can have an, even have a bad start when the lineup's not going, but are they going to find that number two? That's my question, because if you're going to find anything at the deadline, I'm kind of over trying to think of ways in which they're going to get the big-name hitters. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Bryan. I don't know what's going to happen with Craig Kimbrell over with Chicago Cubs. Um, But you're seeing guys already taken up. Adam Fraser. From the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the best contact hitters, if not the best contact hitter in the entirety of baseball. Just no one knows about him because he was in Pittsburgh. He just got traded to the Padres. And the Padres now are looking to add even more starting pitching. And by the way, what they got Adam Fraser for, I do think that should give you a little bit of confidence in terms of what the Giants can give up. Because, essentially, they got three minor leaguers, one of which is a top prospect in all of baseball. The other two have just been really, really good in the minor leagues. It makes you wonder what the Giants could give up if they want to get some sort of hitter. Now, they need way more of a power bat, but to me... Getting a number two starter has to be your priority. I don't know if that's going to be Kyle Gibson. We saw reports over the weekend that Tyler Anderson from the Pirates could be making a comeback to the Giants. That doesn't really instill any confidence in me. I'm looking for maybe a a, a guy who's an, an ace on his team right now, but that team's not going to the playoffs. And that's why I'm looking at Kyle Gibson so much. I think he could be a nice number two behind Kevin Gosman. But... I just think that at this point, I want them to get some starting pitching. That's what I want. We we got to wait to see how the lineup looks with Brandon Crawford and Evan Longoria, and unfortunately they're hurt during this time because we won't know what that looks like. Tommy LaStella is starting to make his way back, but when these hitters like Lamont Wade, who had a good weekend, Wilmer Flores getting a big-time home run late in the game yesterday to give them that insurance. Tyro Estrada in the eighth inning to make it 6-1. to one. These guys that are coming in, Darren Ruff is another guy, too. Like, they have bats. They have depth at that position. But really, it's the starting pitching staff, to me, the starting five, where if they're going to go to the playoffs and try to make any sort of waves there, that's where they're going to need to make their addition. And that's really what I took away uh, from the entirety of this weekend. 
888-957-9570 from the 415. I'm not going to lie, Stephen. When Kipe came back and surprised Kruko like that, the Onion Factory was definitely going. Really good to see Smoothie back in the booth. Good morning. That's Keith and Petaluma. Love you, Keith and Petaluma. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've just been, you know, it's no disrespect because you want to talk about depth. We always think, you know, strength in numbers when we're talking about the Warriors. You want to talk about depth? Talk about depth at the broadcaster position for the Giants. It's not the worst thing in the world to have John Miller and uh, uh, Dave Fleming on the call. By the way, Dave Fleming going to be joined in the morning roast later on today. Um, I'm excited to hear what he has to say about the uh, the entire situation. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's they're good substitutes to have, good guys to have in their place. They got a lot of depth there, but. Hearing Kite back and hearing the way that he had these home run calls. I mean, this one where he might have been sure, but not really with Tyler Estrada in the bottom of the eighth. Hit into center field. A little something behind it. At the wall, Reynolds, he leads. And it is out of here. Reynolds nearly took it away, but Estrada hits his third of the year. So there you go. Just feels good to hear him back in the booth. All right, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Speaking of Kipe and Kruko in the booth, when it was the, I believe it was the eighth inning. Was it the eighth or the seventh? I got to look that back. But it was during the time, it was during a time in the game where they're in a little bit of a lull. This was before Tyro Estrada had hit his home run. But the game is quieting down, you know. The, the Seagulls are starting to come out. You kind of know that the Pirates aren't going to be making any sort of comeback. But they had a conversation about pitching machines. And I want to play that audio for you next. Because just hearing Kruk and Kipe again go off on their little tangents, it's great. And I want to tie it into something that happened over the weekend. Going to be a very professional radio segment coming up next at 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Which pitching machine do you prefer? The one with the tires? The two tires that are uh, pitching the ball? Or would you rather have it with that rotating arm, you know, that rotating, that old school arm? 888 because Kruk and Kipe shared their thoughts on that with the broadcast. It may made me think of something over the weekend, which I also want to get you involved with. So that's all coming up next. 888 Stephen Stephen in on the pregame show, 957 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 
Uh, good morning, everyone. Stephen Lightford here with you. That is me singing. I'm very good at it. I know the lyrics. Actually, do shout out to RTJ, man. Waiting for you to make some more new music, even though you came out with one of the best albums of the year that should have been nominated for an uh, Grammy. But you know what? Never mind. That's neither here nor there. We're not even going to talk about that right now. Stephen Lightford here with you. And before I get to this sound from Crook and Kipe, because hearing them over the weekend again, it was great after uh, Kuiper had been away uh, for a couple of months now. But uh, <laughs> from the 408, time for the Giants to fall off the face of the earth. Ha <laughs> ha. Keep talking about the sorry Giants. I will. I will. They're uh, not exactly too sorry, you know, but hey, nevertheless, it's not just going to be Giants the entire show. We are going to be talking about the NBA draft as it's only a few days away coming up on the 29th. And I do just want to get my initial take on it as reports are going to continue to surface through the entire week. Reporters are going to try to make names for themselves, but ultimately, The Warriors do have the 7th and the 14th pick, and there are a few players to choose from. It's mock draft season, baby, and we got those mock drafts for you. That's all coming up on the other side. But want to stick with the Giants here as they drop 2 of 3 to the Pirates after beating (laughs) beating the Dodgers somehow in that four-game series 3-1, to and it just didn't, it was not really the Giants weekend up until yesterday when Alex Woods comes in and gives you eight strikeouts while Lamont Wade Jr. goes three for five with a couple of RBIs, both of those being home runs. So we had that happen yesterday. But what happened on Saturday, because I was actually at the game on Saturday, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's, being at Giants games again, being at baseball games again is just a breath of fresh air. And by that, I mean a breath of garlic fries because that's what's in the air over there at Oracle Park. But for one, watching Mike Talkman, <laughs> my God, come in as the pitcher, as the positional player. I mean, you know, it was it was hard to pay attention toward the end of the game because I was just trying to look for better seats. Found sub, then I was sitting in right field, and all of a sudden I see Mike Talkman out on the mound. I was like, oof, yeah, this game's really not going well. But something happened on the broadcast before as Mike Kruko was in the booth, just getting prepped, getting his notes together, getting ready for the next broadcast. And then, what do you know? Dwayne Kuyper comes in to surprise him. Surprise! What's up, brother? Did you see the girls? Oh, I came here to surprise you. What Come you here and see me! God, what a sight for sore eyes! God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Oh, man. I am so psyched. Oh, my God. Got my boy back! Oh, oh that was the best. <laughs> it was the best. You know, was, uh, you're watching two old friends come together again. Man, it, it was a great moment. It really was. And then hearing Kipe on the call, hearing him call those two home runs for Lamont Wade Jr. Hadn't had much to get excited about. Sure, he had a home run to look forward to on Saturday. But on Sunday, there really wasn't, uh, uh, or excuse me, on Friday, there wasn't much. Obviously, he wasn't on the call. But then Sunday gave him plenty to talk about. But Kruk and Kipe, the reason we love them so much is because of what they do when the game is in a lull. 
what they do when you know the the game's out of hand. Really, there's not much of a chance of it being competitive. And you want to pay attention to other things or, you know, uh, pay attention to the crowd and make jokes about them for, you know, maybe a batter or two, Um, whatever it is. But this thing that they decided to do, which was in the eighth inning, was when I believe it's Nick Mears was the pitcher in question here. Let me just let me just double check. I want to make sure I'm getting this right because I believe it was Nick Mears as he was in. It was Nick Mears. All right, cool. So Nick Mears was the pitcher for the Pirates, and he had this throwing motion, which was pretty much just like a like a twelve to six throwing motion, so to speak. It was a very high arcing throwing motion where he put his entire body into it, and it's not like he had a three quarters release. His release was right at the top. So then Kuiper goes on to talk about how there are pitching machines that used to do that. There's a one called Iron Mike, which personally I've used a couple of times. But Kype was going on about it, Crook and Kype, that is, and this is just why we love him, because this majority of this conversation, it took up an entire batter, and I, don't, I, I made sure to condense it down to about 33 seconds, I only got the second half of it, but they were going on for about a minute or two on just pitching machines in general, so here are Crook and Kype from yesterday. Old Iron Mike, where they had the, the arm that actually flung the ball for batting practice and then it was replaced by the the spinning tires yeah terrible yeah yeah. (laughs) it was terrible the only thing it was is it was a lot safer yeah but as far as being able to time pitches you couldn't time anything with the tires just a poof and there it is right on top of you make you quick though Get your hands in shape. <laughs> so, so they were comparing that to the pitcher and saying he is much like that pitching machine. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number uh, if you want to weigh in. But it reminded me of something that happened over the weekend, and I'm going to tie it into a completely different sport. Not even talking about the Giants right now. But when I saw that Tom Brady video with the throwing machine. I'm not even going to call it a pitching machine because they're using it for football, but where the two tires are horizontal. Normally in baseball, the two tires are are stacked on top of each other, right? That's that's the way they're getting the force out of the ball. That's the way it's pitching. But with football, they mostly use it with the tires horizontally. It could be different for uh, some could use it for baseball, but then you're not going to get the top spin on it that you need, and then it's going to end up going places that you don't want it to go, aka possibly into the batter's ribs. So I heard this, and I was just thinking back and looking at the tires that Tom Brady was using, and if anyone saw this video, I'm seeing way too much. I get so frustrated with Tom Brady on social media. I can't believe I'm letting him get into my head. This is what he wants, Stephen. Don't let him do this. But Tom Brady posted a video, and he captioned it, "Training Training camp starts this week. I'm looking forward to having some actual receivers again. And... He looks great. His hair is flowing. You know, he's he's tan. And he's on some big-ass football field, which looks really fancy. But he's pitching, or excuse me, throwing. I need to get my words right here. He's throwing at the football machine. It's got the two tires, and they're rotating. 
and he's playing a game of catch with the football machine. Throws it right in between the tires, then the tires throws it back. And it's accurate as all hell. Be incredibly impressive if he did that feat. Oh, then he goes back five yards more. <laughs> and then knocks over the pitcher or knocks over the throwing machine and then the football goes up in the air knocks it over whatever but point being he got 43,000 retweets on it 241,000 likes on it and i guarantee you everyone is saying there's a reason why he's called the goat this is this is it oh tom brady's the best tom brady another super bowl confirmed and is anyone really buying this video if you haven't seen it, that's terrible to do for radio. I wish you. I wish I had some sort of way that I could just, you know, have the video pop up for you. But this was going viral yesterday, and everything that Tom Brady does on social media, every single thing, annoys me because I know it's not him that's posting on it. It all started back when he was celebrating the Buccaneers championship, and there's the videos of him. You know, leaving the leaving the boats or whatever, and he's he needs to be held up by a friend because he's had uh, actually not one too many drinks. I was going to say one too many drinks, but just the right amount when you're celebrating a championship. But ever since then, he's been posting these like videos and memes, all this stuff on social media, and I'm like, it's not him doing it. He has a team. Do you think Tom Brady is chilling on Twitter, editing videos and making memes for himself? No. Tom Brady is not doing that. He might have a say in the caption, but other than that, he's not making any of the content that he's throwing out, rolling out there. And when he posted this video, and I'm being such a hater right now, I love it. When he posted this video, everyone is saying, whoa, it's so real. And I'm like, this is like one of those fantasy football commercials that they used to do. You remember that? Those sweet, uh, what, were, what was it called? The Fantasy Files commercials? My favorite one was uh, Chris Cooley, the tight end, who was behind a piece of drywall, and someone was throwing him a football, and in order to catch it, he punched through the drywall and caught it with his one hand. You had that. Um, wasn't there? Who, who was it? Was it oh, someone kicked, uh, punted the football as high as they could and somehow ran and caught their own pass or caught their own kick? Whatever it was. But clearly, these were fake videos, doctored videos. Very realistic. Very, it looks real. It could, but they weren't, and you knew it. And this video's the same way. I'm just watching, and I'm just like, you don't think this is heavily edited? <laughs> you, you think he's really throwing into the pitching machine? I know he's that accurate, but come on, come on. Let's let's live in reality a little bit here. Let's live in reality. Okay. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I want to know from you, if you're a Warrior fan, how are you feeling about the draft coming up on the 29th? I want to get a gauge here. Where do Warrior fans, who do Warrior Warrior fans feel like they should pick with this number 7 pick? I'm not even really worried about the 14th. Um, The 14th pick, it's kind of, uh, it really is a lottery at this point. You get a guy at 14, you never know. You could be getting a Tyrese Halliburton type, a guy with a lot of upside who just might not fit on some of these teams in the previous spot. But I am more focused on with the the seventh pick. Do you think they're going to keep it? If so, who do you got? 888-957-9570. I want to get a gauge here from Warrior fans as we head into the draft, which is coming up on the 29th. 888 that's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in with you, 95.7 The Game.
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Anyone here, the new Post Malone Motley crew? <laughs> uh, this high-pitched stuff, man. This high-pitched stuff in music. I mean, I I get it, but feels like everybody's doing it now. You know? Not everybody could be T-Pain, you know what I mean? T-Pain was one of the only ones using auto-tune. At least the ones that went mainstream, then everyone started to use it. It's kind of the same thing that's going on right now. Anyway, that's my Post Malone rant for this morning. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you up until 6 o'clock. We got a very fired up Bonte Hill as he is back in studio along with Joe Shasky. Kate's still at the Olympics. But coming up on the 29th, it is the NBA Draft. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. As we inch closer to that day, as we inch closer to this Thursday, I want to know today, on the Monday, from you at 888-957-9570, who do you think the Warriors are going to pick at 7? Who do you think they're going to pick at 7? The 14, I could throw out the 14th there as well, but quite frankly... When it comes to draft talk for me, there are so many names that are being flown uh, flown around, you know? There's so many reports and when it when it gets to the to the 14th, that's when it's just like, okay, do we really know that much about how these players can fit in with the Warriors? There's a possibility they could get you know, someone like a Tyrese Halliburton, Giannis Antetokounmpo was picked around uh, that 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 spot in the draft. He was 15. But you could get guys like that at the 14th pick, but I want to focus specifically on the 7th, and I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number what you think. Because there is one player I have in mind, and I will talk about that one player in just a second, but as your texts are rolling in, as I'm trying to do too much here, this is what I planned on doing going into the segment, and it feels like it's doing too much as I'm rolling it out there, but whatever. As your texts are rolling in, I just wanted to play this one piece of audio for you that cracked me up from the weekend. This is something I think if you ever played in Little League, in any sort of capacity, beer league, softball, whatever it is, if you want to introduce yourself with a walk-up song and the microphone, I think that you would want to do it in some style. And there was a baseball player in an independent league, and this went viral over the weekend, but this dude was going up to the plate, he's actually batting, and he is introducing himself. Ladies and gentlemen, get your hands together. Myself, <laughs> but I, I gotta say, if you do that, what what do they play for? I, I gotta the the Savannah Bananas is the team that this dude plays for, and that's in the Coastal Plain League, and they've sold out every home game since 2016. How about that? Wow, 
That's pretty impressive. But the Savannah Bananas are a lot of fun. If you if you ever check out any of their videos, they make baseball fun. But the one video or the one thought that I had after I saw the video was if you're going to introduce yourself, if you are going to make a cause a spectacle like that, you better get a hit. <laughs> you can't you can't strike out. Although and I'm not trying to take you know the jobs any away from any of these PA announcers, these amazing stadium PA announcers. Not trying to take away anything from them. Not trying to take away their jobs. But I would love if the players could introduce themselves for a game, just for a game, for one game. I want to see what it'd be like if the lineups were to get the microphone, introduce themselves. You know, this guy got the crowd, uh, got the crowd clapping. You know, all those different things, and and, uh, and I, I'd be look, man. I think that'd be a lot of fun just for one game, one game in the entire in the every in the entire day of baseball throughout every game that's going on. Make sure every single team is playing. We'll choose a Sunday. Have every player introduce themselves in a walk up song and walk up music, and. Have them be like, and now batting number seven, myself, <laughs> Stephen Langford. And they wouldn't do the awkward breed laugh in the middle of it. But that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, dude, it's, it's, if you, baseball, Rob Manfred, you should be hiring me right now for these ideas that I'm giving you. One day, the entire day where everybody introduces themselves up to the plate. You don't need to do it the entire game either. It doesn't need to be for every at-bat. But the first at-bat that they come out, give them a microphone, give them some music, ask the routine that they want to do, and then just go on from there and see the popularity of baseball skyrocket. Boom. All right, that's all for free. All right, Rob Manfred, I know you're listening. (laughs) From the 574, as we transition back to basketball. Suggs would be huge if he fell at 7. And also from the 574, I wouldn't hate James Booknight at 7. And then from the 574 also, the Savannah Bananas are almost like the Harlem Globetrotters for baseball. Interesting. But I think that with the Warriors in their spot, I don't think they're going to trade it ultimately. You know, when Bradley Beal was mentioned and he was at the top of the Warriors' wish list, there's one aspect of the report where I looked at it completely different to all the others. And that was, we'd been hearing from Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, but was at the top, but, but what was at the top of the report from Marcus Thompson of The Athletic was that Steph, Clay, and Dre have all made it very clear that they want to win now. And what does that mean? Well, Bradley Beal was the name mentioned in this report, and according to sources, was at the top of the Warriors' wish list. But as of right now, the draft picks are still with the Warriors. I don't think they're going to be trading away these guys, especially if they like one of these specific players at number 7. I'm curious, actually, because Draymond Green is one guy that I'm paying attention to as... Look, I'm going to be 100% honest. I did not watch uh, Team USA. I didn't watch their basketball game. Woke up in the morning, saw that they lost, and didn't really want to watch it later on because I just didn't want to be disappointed as France beat them 83-76. to I watched highlights, saw they had a bunch of open threes, uncontested threes, and they just didn't knock them down. And just, I can't believe they ended up losing. Uh, Evan Fortier talking a little trash, saying they're good individual players, but they're not good as a team. Nevertheless... 
Draymond Green is over there at the Olympics right now, and he has uh, quite a uh, quite a big. How how should I put this? His word echoes throughout that front office. Whatever he says regarding these draft picks, he studies these guys. Draymond Green does because, you know, obviously if they're going to be joining your team, wouldn't you want to study up on a player and say, hey, I think this guy would be the best fit? I wonder how much he's been able to do when he's over there playing with Team USA. I wonder how much research he's been able to do on these guys as opposed to what it, as opposed to what it would be like previously. I'm not saying it would make, you know, that big of a difference, but it is something I think to keep an eye on when it comes to drafting these players is maybe Draymond Green hasn't had a good enough eye on them. But we are getting a lot of mock drafts and everything that's coming out. And as of right now, it looks like the few guys that are going to be around there with that seventh pick, I'm not sure about Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, his stock has seemed to have dropped. Um, the latest with ESPN, instead of having Davion Mitchell at number seven, they got him at 13th going to the Pacers. They got him dropping down that far. Another guy that could be in the running here, and this is an interesting one, Jonathan Kaminga, who's out of the G League at night. He's 19 years old, very raw athletic, or excuse me, very raw talent-wise, but he's got some parts of his game that he needs to tune up, like taking the smart shots, being way more of a consistent, I'm going to shoot, give you a little bit more of a percentage from the three-point line. Kaminga needs to work on that. And he could be an option for them with the seventh pick. Jonathan Kaminga, uh, what is he, six seven? He's a big dude. He's got some length. And he can give you some athleticism on defense. I'd actually be interested in this pick to see where they'd go. But you're getting that. You're getting uh, Jalen Suggs. I'm not really sure because they're most likely going to have to trade up for him if they are. And I don't see these picks being enough. And right now, a lot of teams, uh, a lot of mock draft guys, whoever, they have Suggs uh, going for. If Scotty Barnes or James Booknight fall to the Warriors, I do think they're going to pick them up. But if those guys are taken and you have a choice between Jonathan Kaminga and Davion Mitchell out of Baylor, I wonder who they would go if if it's going to become down to those two. Uh, because I do want to play this sound for you from Dav, uh, from Kendall Cout talking about Davion Mitchell. He was on with Kyle Madsen and Jason Dumas yesterday. And Kendall Cout, who is a writer with Baylor, he talked about the type of fit that he would be with the Warriors. Let's learn a little bit about Davion Mitchell here from Kendall Cout. It's a good comparison, and I appreciate being on the show today. The thing you would, I guess, be negative about is that he's a little bit smaller. Mm. But I think Drew Holiday fits in the sense that if you put Davion Mitchell on a lead guard, he has shut him down. The nickname is Off Night for a reason. He was put on Cade Cunningham in the Big 12 semifinal game, and although Baylor lost that game, the work Davion Mitchell did on him before Oklahoma State could switch screens was so integral to slowing Cade down that Baylor had an eight-point lead with eight minutes left, then Oklahoma State schemed around it. In the NBA, you're going to have to find a way to scheme around Davion Mitchell, though. So, he's comparing him to Drew Holiday. And if you can get a Drew Holiday type, I do think that's what's needed. A guy who can be a two-way player, because that starting five is going to be, regardless, even if they don't make any sort of move, if they, 
you know, if they decide to not go with Bradley Beal or Dame Lillard, who just, you know, those reports have kind of softened over the past couple of weeks. Whoever it is, sure, your offense would be so damn explosive, right? There's no one who could stop you. Who is going to be able to stop you? I think it'd actually be a pretty tough task for Steve Kerr to figure out what to do on offense just so they can run away from that ISO ball. I mean, you remember what it was like with (laughs) with Kevin Durant here? Just such an embarrassment of riches. It's like we want to feed Kevin Durant the ball, but oh wait, we're taking it out of Steph Curry's hands. That might not be a good idea since he's the best shooter in the game. Oh, we need to blame somebody. It could get it could get dicey if you bring in a superstar. But the starting five that the Warriors have next season going into it, I look, man, the fact that Andrew Wiggins can at least give you some defense. And, you know, he's going to have a lot of open shots as long as Clay's on the floor. I mean, that starting five is still pretty damn nasty. So you'd have Steph, Clay, Dre, Andrew Wiggins, and uh, and James Wiseman, most likely. Maybe Kevon Looney coming off the bench because Steve Kerr has mentioned, uh, or excuse me, Kevin, Lo- Kevin Looney starting, then James Wiseman coming off the bench, and you give him a majority of the minutes anyway. Just because um, I think uh, Joe and Bonte here always make a great point during the morning roast. It's if you do bench him, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be playing him for less minutes than the guy who's starting. It just so happens that you're not starting him in the game. Minutes be damned. And I agree with that. And that's what you could be seeing next year. And look, man, it may not be as explosive on offense if you don't trade for one of those guys, but they're going to be a damn good defensive team. They're going to be a damn good defensive team. And what do you want coming off the bench? Well, you got some scoring. You know, you're going to have Jordan Poole as that sixth man who looks fantastic, by the way. Did you see, did anyone see those videos of Jordan Poole earlier? I don't know where it was. I didn't do any research on it, but I do know that he was looking saucy on the court. Jordan Poole was dominating these dudes in a five on five matchup. Let me actually look that up right now and just make sure uh, that I got. Uh, that I that I cross my eyes and dot my T's. That's right. It is for wait, cross my eyes and dot my T's. My God. But this was for uh Jamal Crawford's the crossover pro am and Jordan Poole had thirty six points, eleven rebounds, and six assists. It was nuts. It was Jamal Crawford's crossover pro am and Jordan Poole was going off. But nevertheless, you're gonna need a player in that on that bench in those roles, who can give you something on both ends. And that's what Davion Mitchell brings, and that's why these comparisons to Drew Holiday are coming up, because anytime you're talking about a a, a true point guard type, and you want to talk about a two-way player, Chris Paul's name comes to mind, but so does Drew Holiday's as well, especially with all the metrics and the analytics that are involved. They love Drew Holiday uh, with the analytics models. But uh, this dude... Excuse me, I totally... My gosh. All right, now my voice is okay. Kendall Cout, who was on with Kyle Vassett and Jason Dumas. It's early, Bonte, I know. I know you can't wait, but it's. I know you can't wait to be on the air. It's early. My gosh. But Kendall Cout continued a writer over at Baylor, and he talked about the way that Mitchell could fit with the Warriors. He's a very humble guy. Like, he's an absolute... They call him a dog on the court with how he plays. I talked to a graduate assistant... Um, I think it was Matt Gray from Baylor, and he told me all Davion does is he goes in the basketball court too much. We have to kick him out. He hangs out with his girlfriend. He doesn't party, and he plays video games sometimes. That's all this dude does. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to have to worry about 
you know, going to San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, all the cities you can hit up in California, is Davion suddenly going to be partying or big-timing? And I think his mindset is good because the strength of the Baylor team last year is that Jared and Davion were both so good, there was the possibility that there could have been a natural feud that developed about, is it my team, is it your team? And they rooted for each other so well that I don't think Davion, if he goes to Golden State, is going to think, well, why are Steph and Clay taking all the shots? I should be getting 15 shots tonight. If he gets five or six shots and Steve Kerr tells him, your assignment is to lock down uh, Chris Paul tonight or is to lock down Devin Booker, and we're only going to have you take a few shots, Davion will accept that challenge with ease. Uh, yeah, okay, he'd accept the challenge, but as we've seen with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, there's not much stopping them when they when they start to light up and they start to heat up. There's not much stopping them there. Tough task, but I like hearing that. Um, you, you, you know, to be honest with you, whenever I hear the the athletes, oh, they don't party, they don't go out, they just they just stay inside, they they do whatever uh, they want to do. They're not big on going out to the clubs. I don't know that that whole. If that's one of the things that you're using to analyze a player, I don't really um, subscribe to all that. I mean, it's great. It's great knowing that all he's going to focus on is basketball. But sometimes, I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't really make a big difference to me. But the reason that Devion Mitchell is such a talked-about candidate, and this is the prime reason why. The other guy that I was talking about earlier, Jonathan Kaminga, the 19-year-old from the G League Elite, or excuse me, the G League Ignite. The reason that it doesn't seem like it's too likely that they'll draft him is because, well, he's 19 years old. You know, and I don't know if they want to spend their seventh pick. Look, if they keep this pick, it's going to be a crucial one. Because, and we'll get to this sound from Kaut in a second here, but it's going to be crucial. Like, this dude is not going to be just, whoever they draft, they're not going to just say, hey, maybe we'll get you in. It's not going to be like the Jacob Evans or, hell, even what Jordan Poole was supposed to be when they drafted him. They weren't expecting him to be a contributor right away. But this seventh pick, whoever they get here, is going to have to be a key contributor coming off the bench if they do keep this seventh pick. Because it also shows with these names that are being thrown out there, the fact that you know Bradley Beal and Dame Lillard are the names that are floating around. If you keep those seventh and fourteenth picks, you're saying, "Hey, I am not trading you for a superstar because I have that much faith that you can contribute right away." Right away, and Davion Mitchell being 22 years old, it makes a huge difference. Look no further than Eric Paschal. A guy who was a champion in college, much like Davion Mitchell. He came in 22 years old, and he was able to contribute right away. You're going to need that same thing from whoever they draft on the 29th. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on that. Because, <laughs> look, this thing, it's going to be a big draft for the Warriors coming up here. It's going to be a big one, especially if they don't choose a superstar. I don't think we're making enough of, uh, uh, enough of a point with that. The fact that, look, you keep those 7th and 14th picks, that means that you were not... Because, look, any other guys could use... The, any other teams could use these guys, these stars. You know, teams could use them. Whether it's a fit, whether it's not a fit, whatever. The point is, those guys are superstar, max type of players. And if you're keeping the 7th and 14th, and James Wiseman along with that, along with Andrew Wiggins, the pressure's up. The pressure's up as these teams try and continue to add. 
All right, before we get to the morning roast, I just want to play the sound of this guy one more time. And everyone is going to be making those captions on social media. They're going to post the video of it and caption it by saying, Oh, me when I drink my first cup of coffee. When the pre-workout hits was what NBC tweeted out uh, when they posted this video. But when the race was going on yesterday between Ariane Titmus and Katie Ledecky. Katie Ledecky, obviously the phenom from the USA in swimming. She was the heavy favorite. And they did an entire segment with Ariane Titmus. And his, her coach was crazy. <laughs> the way they were showing him working. And he was not pulling any punches. Like He was getting loud, saying, that's not good enough. We need to be better, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, in the 400-meter freestyle, Titmus ends up winning, beating Katie Ledecky. And the Australian coach, who was in that sequence video, was going insane. Was coming home. Looks sort of like Doc Brown. I mean, he is going crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> He's like putting on a show like this man ripped off his mask. <laughs> he looked like the ultimate warrior. He looked like the ultimate warrior. They tried comparing him to Doc Brown at the beginning, but I'm thinking Doc Brown, Doc Brown and Amity. Doc Brown, he doesn't have blonde long hair and he's not some Australian guy who's a swimming coach. Well, I was I was thinking, well, I was watching that and just thinking that is the intense the intensity that you need with coaches. This dude was going insane on the barrier. The the employee who was working at the Olympics was trying to tell him, hey, you can't cross over to this side, but that man was not having any of it. Oh, my goodness. Very entertaining in the Olympics. All right, coming up with the morning roast with Bonte Hill. He is back in the studio and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. Dave Fleming coming up at 8 o'clock and Anthony Slater, 930. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 